excited. Are you excited this morning? Yeah. Um, it's such a blessing to be here in the house and actually doing my very first preach. There you go. Um, so I, I have, I've done one in Greymouth on, on communion. You know, they always start you out on communion. It's a good start. It's a good starting point. And, um, but I know that God's um, wanting both Mark and I to step into uh, more of this, this kind of thing. So it's really exciting to actually start here. Because uh, this actually started for, for those of you that don't know us, uh, Mark and I, 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 I had grown up in church with my wonderful mum and uh, she's going to do some ministry with us later. She's powerhouse, by the way. Um, moves in deliverance and healing. Um, yeah, amazing. Amazing woman of God. I'm very honoured to be your daughter. Oh, that made me. <laughs> oh, God's good. Isn't he good? I am. All the time, <laughs> all the time, God is good. That's what Mark and me used to do that backwards and forwards, just to you know be cool. Um, yeah, actually, I'm going to start with yeah. So, so Mark and I started in this house, and um, I'd gone away from God for a little bit, and um, was just thought I would do it on my own. We all go through that sometimes. We think, oh, you know what, stuff it. I'm going to do this on my own, and it always works out pretty pretty bad. Um, <laughs> Not pretty good. And um, yeah, and, and, and at the same time as me coming back, uh, Mark also came into the kingdom. And so we just feel that that was like a divine appointment, right? That God called us into this house. And so we got to be here for about two years of just being trained and equipped for the kingdom. Uh, so God is so good and it's so awesome to be back here in this house. Amen. So I want to actually share, I've got, um, I've got actually a lot to potentially talk about, but um, we might just jump here and there. I, I just wanted to like put a bit of a disclosure in. I am a woman, and we do jump here, 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 here. So I'm sorry already. I apologize for the men that are trying to stay on track, trying to keep that conversation on track, okay? I'll do my very best. My husband will give me the eyeballs, like, babe, it doesn't make sense. Where are you going? So I want to actually share, um, I wasn't going to share this, but I was about to share the story of me going to the Gold Coast. Um, so I am, am blessed. I feel that God has blessed my life. And uh, Hannah came down and she was preaching. You would have seen her if any of you went to the Equippers event, uh, Out of Richmond New Life. Uh, she is running also the flood. She's a big part of uh, bringing unity to the churches, which is just awesome. And uh, she asked me, hey, would you come with me to the Gold Coast? And uh, at the moment, we're, we're more asset rich, rich, but not cash flow income coming in. And I was like, actually, do you know what? I can't afford it. And I just said to uh, her, look, I'll ask God. I'll ask God. And I said, look, God, it was a very simple prayer. It wasn't like a whole, whole lot going on. It was just, Lord, if, you, if this is your will and you want me to go, you have to make this happen for me because I don't have the money. I don't have the money for the tickets. I don't have the money for, for any of it. And um, but I said it. But, <laughs> this is my, I gave him a condition. I don't know if we're supposed to do that, but I did. And I said, you have to give me, uh, let me know by tomorrow. Because I, my emotions, I can't handle it. I can't be up and down. You know, am I going on this trip or am I not? It's too exciting and then it's too sad, you know. Um, and so God, believe it or not, answered me that very day. I had Daz Chattel give me a phone call. And literally say to me, hey, he started talking to me about Harvest Now. And he said, hey, Nikita, you and Mark paid for tickets last year. And then COVID happened. And uh, we were all supposed to be going up to Tauranga. It's like another equipping training event. And uh, at, that, at that actually time in our lives, we had quite a lot of money coming in. 
And uh, so we had this, we have already booked the tickets, we'd already done all of that, we had the airfares, all that. And um, yeah, anyway, in this, in this moment, he goes to me, he's talking to me, he's just telling me about Harvest Now and how the venues change and just giving us like an update. And, I, and I'm on the phone thinking, oh my goodness, he's going to give me money. I've never thought that in my life ever when anyone has called me or talked to me. I don't ever think, oh, I wonder if this person's going to give me some money, you know? <laughs> anyway, I literally was. My heart was racing. I'm like, he's going to give me money. Oh, and then I went, don't think like that. Don't think that. And right at the very end of the conversation, he goes, hey, Nikita, I'm going to give you a refund of the ticket money because it's changed to Christchurch and it's not as expensive. What? And it was literally the exact amount for me to go on my flight to the Gold Coast. So I booked that ticket, I am going, and I'm so excited to see what God is going to do. Amen? So exciting. So yeah, I just wanted to, to share that little bit of faith, because I feel that, um, that God just wants you to do that. He wants you to ask Him, because He's your Father, right? He, he, he wants to give you the riches and uh, the glory that's within heaven. Amen? And I, I don't know if any of you have seen, I have a page, I've just started it up actually, I've started doing live streams and um, just doing posts on what I feel God's talking to me about. And I just saw this picture of, um, it was a, of Moses, you know, putting his staff down and the waters parted. And I feel like that's for all of you, that is the season that we are in, where we're going to put our staff down and the waters will part. Amen? Believe it. Receive that in your spirit today. Awesome. Now, I have not done this clicky thing, but I'm going to give it a go. Oh, it's trickery. Let's turn it on. That's a good one. There we go. Heaven is not achieved. Heaven is received. Amen. That's the title of my word this morning. I made these slides at 11 o'clock last night (laughs) after our amazing youth event. It was so cool. I just love seeing youth so passionate about, about God and the kingdom of heaven. So I really felt to ask God, what do you want me to talk to the people that are coming today? What do you want me to talk to them about? And for those of you that maybe don't uh, understand how God works or how he speaks to you, often it's just literally you just ask. You just go, God, what do you want me to speak about? And it'll be the first thing normally that pops into your, into your mind. And he said, I want to talk about miracles. I want you to talk about the Father's heart. So that's where we're going to go today, which I'm pretty excited about. Awesome. So you can't get the kind of love that God gives from anyone else. We all know that. It's agape love. And I think some of us have uh, this Old Testament. This is the Old Testament over here. And we think that he's a God that wants to uh, condemn us, wants to tell us off wants to say, hey, you're actually not good enough. You, don't, you, you can't meet the standards of the law. But do you know what Jesus actually came to do? He came to bring the new covenant. So when he was on the cross, he said, it's finished. That old law is finished. We don't, it's finished, right? We're coming into this new law under grace where it's a free gift. We don't have to do anything to work for that gift because he loves us. Yeah? He loves us. And sometimes, and this is not to bring anything down about Jesus because we know Jesus is awesome, but who did Jesus come to reveal? 
the Father. Amen. What I actually believe his sole purpose before the cross, yes, that was a, he had to go through that, but before any of that happened, he came to reveal the Father. And sometimes we get so caught up in what Jesus did, and again, not saying that we shouldn't be looking at what Jesus did, but today I'm bringing a message on how he came to reveal the Father's heart for you. Yeah? It was the Father's idea to save you. It was his love. 1 John 4.10 says, This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son. Amen? For our sins. See, the Old Testament demanded that we loved the Father with all our heart, all our soul, all our minds, but we couldn't do it. Okay, we actually failed really bad at that. Yeah? You with me still? <laughs> we failed real bad. <laughs> and we can't. We can't keep up to that expectation. And so when Jesus came, he came to reveal the Father so that the Father could love us with all his heart, all his soul, and all his mind. Yeah. Oh, when you get that and you receive that and you see the turnaround in that, that's when, man, things start to change in your life. Amen? It takes us a little while. I'm kind of going off a little bit, but I feel like this is, I need to talk about this. It's <laughs> good. Um, the analogy is, right, let's say I have a husband over here, and his name is Law, right, and he beats me, and he tells me I'm not good enough, or I go and make him, I've got to make him a cup of tea or a coffee in the morning at 5 a.m., and he's going, it's not good enough. Oh, it's disgusting. Throw that coffee away. And what we've got to do is go divorce law, right, get rid of it, and step in and marry the new covenant, yeah? And then he goes, hey, hey love, don't get out of bed. Don't get out of bed. I'm going to make you a coffee, yeah? Did that click? That clicked for some people then, didn't it? <laughs> He's like, oh, I want to make it. And you are so caught up with how the law works over here, the old husband, that you think, oh, I've got to go back to him. Because it's like you're being abused, right? It's like you're a beaten down woman. Oh, oh man. Um, and you're like, I've got to go back. I've got to come back to this. Because I know this. I know what this looks like. I know how this feels. I, I, there's almost a security or a familiar thing there, right? But God is saying, come over here, love. I just want to love you. I just want you to receive my goodness. See the real difference there? You don't have to do anything. He's like, stay in bed, I'll make you a coffee. And then the next day you think, ah, he's not going to do that again. And he goes, stay in bed. I'm going to make you a coffee. Amen. I think the best evangelistic influence we can have on this earth is to love people with a love that doesn't come from this earth. Amen. <laughs> It comes from heaven. And guess what? Your friends know the difference. Every time you talk to a friend or anyone that you're coming into contact with, if you don't actually show them the love of the Father, they'll read it. They see right through that. The, pe the reason that people walk through the doors is because they've received love from someone, eh? They've received that love. They've gone, what is different about that person? They have the Father's love. Mark actually had this real cool word the other day about being an oak tree and that there was like this cleansing. And there was just this light that beamed through and I just got such a visual and I feel that God is just going, boom. It's like we just got this <laughs> immediate.
immediate connection to be able to outpour his love. But we have to rest in that new covenant. Because as soon as you step back into the law, you start to feel condemned, you start to feel guilty. Yeah, the enemy has you. And then you've got to play in his, his courtroom. It's hard work. You've got to play in his field. Because you're under the old. When Jesus is like, come into the new. <laughs> come in. Amen. Look at yourself through the eyes of the Father's love. Who knows that when we look at the gospel and we read the gospel, how it changes when we look at through the eyes of the Father. It totally changes. That little bit. Oh no, actually, I will stay there. I felt God wanted me to talk just briefly on the accuser and on miracles. So, when God commissioned Jesus into his ministry to go out at the age of 30, Jesus had not done one miracle, healing, or supernatural sign or wonder. And guess what? (laughs) The Father still loved him. We don't have to get up here and feel pressure to do miracles. We don't have to feel pressure to do anything. And sometimes when God, like when he came to that point, then God commissions him and then he gives him, because he's in his rest. He just knows he's the son, right? Now there's a part here that, um, I actually haven't got the scripture written on here, but um, it's in the Bible, I promise. Um, (laughs) And he says, this is my beloved son, who I am well pleased. Probably somebody probably knows what scripture that is. It says, Jesus went out and the devil immediately came to tempt Jesus. Just after the father had told him who he is, right? He comes straight. I don't know, but I think there's a rumbling in the spirit happening. What do you think? (laughs) Hey, I wanted to say something. You know, when God sets you free of just feeling bound (laughs) or feeling like you've got to be a perfectionist, man, there is a new life ahead of you. And I can tell you that because that was me. I was in this place of, man, I came from a performance background and just like a really bound, man. I couldn't do anything. If I made any mistake, it would be like beating me up. And now I just don't care. (laughs) So thank God for freedom that can come in your life, right? 
Amen. So let's go this little bit again. Father, this is my beloved son who I'm well pleased. Because that right there gives us all of our identity. He gives us his approval that he's proud of us. That we're his sons and daughters. Because sons in the Bible means sons and daughters. Yeah? That he is well pleased. So do not let the devil, I think his name in Greek is Diabolus, 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 which actually translates to accuser. So the devil will come to accuse before he does anything. All right? He doesn't come to quite rob, steal, and destroy yet. He comes to accuse. And then if you believe him, I look at it like a courtroom. He can come in then and rob, steal, and destroy. Yeah? Jesus went out and the devil came immediately to tempt Jesus. Now, now guess who was there while Jesus was saying, this is my beloved son? Satan. <laughs> he heard it. He knew that the Lord had said this. And then he just leaves it out. If you are the son, turn these stones into bread. Yeah? The devil wants to omit the beloved. When you know you are the beloved, you are secure. You are a beloved son or daughter. When this is the cause, when you see this, it's much easier. When you understand that God loves you and that you're his son and daughter, you see through that stuff real quick when the devil comes. It says to always be on guard, right? Amen. I think I kind of touched on this already, but it says um, the devil was trying to pressure Jesus to do miracles, signs, and wonders. He was trying to tempt Jesus by the demand of the demonic. And as soon as the church says they're going to move in miracles, Jesus takes out the word beloved and says, where are the miracles? How often are we in church and people come in and they go, there's no miracles in this church. God's definitely not here. I've heard that way too many times. I shouldn't have heard, you know. He will try to pressure you into this guilt performance. When you're already loved, and when you come from that place where you're already loved, he will just move in healings. Guess what? Your father wants to surprise you. He wants to surprise you. He's like, oh, look at what I can do. You know, he doesn't want you to be trying to work to get a miracle for someone. It's in his timing. It's in his will. Amen? The father loved the son completely before he did any miracles. Right, I'm just getting it down. Hmm. Who's excited for what God's going to do? We really felt um, over this weekend, even with uh, doing the equipping weekend, and just the level that the worship went to, um, and, and these revelations, a lot for Mark and I, we've just had these revelations, you know, and, um, and we've been walking with God, and it's, it's amazing how he just brings each step, he just peels away things, peels away, shows you, reveals, so cool. Yeah, we'll do this scripture, I think I've got it up here, that's a good one, but not that one, this one. They're all good. (laughs) Ephesians 1, 4 to 7. And in love he chose us before he laid the foundation of the universe. Because of his great love he ordained us so that we would be seen as holy in his eyes with unstained innocence. 
for it was always in his perfect plan to adopt us as his delightful children. Through our union with Jesus, the anointed one, so that his tremendous love that cascades over us will glorify his grace. For the same love he has for the beloved Jesus, he has for us. And this unfolding plan brings him great pleasure. Yeah. So let's not live in the natural world. Amen. Let's start to live in the spiritual one. Because we want to cool down. When we know the Father's heart and when we know his plans for us, we can start to live from that place, from his glory and riches. And stop looking at, like with Moses, man, he would have looked out and seen the ocean there and gone, whoa. If any of us went to the ocean now, we'd be like, that just feels way too big for me. Yeah? (laughs) And God's going to move it. God does that. And he just, you know what, all he does, he likes you to partner with him and go and be the person that does put the, the rod down. He's like, that just brings him the greatest joy that you do that. And then he goes, all right, here we go, it's on. It's on like Donkey Kong. (laughs) Amen. Okay, I'm just going to do this other bit. I've actually done a whole different word, but that's cool. I like that. So there was only one name that Jesus came to reveal at the start, and that's the Father. I've got that one up there as well. Romans 8.15. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by who we cried out, Abba, Father. Now, in, uh, so in this time, so it's really interesting in this scripture particularly, because they haven't actually, so Abba is not translated, because in this, in um in Hebrew and stuff, that, that was how they addressed their dad. And so there is something there in that, that it's, it's like one of the most intimate words, right? So whether you call, if you have this intimate word, is, is it dad or is it um, daddy, is it papa or whatever it is, just think now, like, what is that word for me that's like this intimate word? Now, unless you can call God your dad, you may have a spirit of bondage of fear. This word bondage again refers to the Old Testament fear of God that brings his people into bondage. So I look at that again as like the old covenant. God does not want his people to have that Old Testament fear. God says you have not received the spirit of bondage again, but you have received sonship. Of which we cry, Daddy! Daddy! I love to come to my daddy. And for some that know me, so I didn't grow up with a dad, but thankfully I was in a home that uh, knew God and, and loved him. And so I often at night as a little girl would be like, Dad, what are you doing? So I, there's, it's like, you know how Satan kind of comes in to accuse and try and rob and steal and he could have taken out, the, he kind of did, take out my earthly father. But yet, he came in and was my father. 
And I think the, the world at the moment is so broken because we don't have, you know, there's brokenness in the families and brokenness in the home. And again, they just need to experience the love of the Father. Yeah? And thank God for good men eh, that have been around who have been able to show the Father's heart. And good women. Like I know that my mum, she was like, she had to do both. It was hard work, I'm sure. <laughs> She's doing all right. She's still standing. <laughs> oh, funny. So good. I think what we should do, how, what, how, what's the time? No, I haven't even got there yet. Um, let's all put our hand on our heart and close our eyes. And let's just say, whatever that intimate word is for you, let's just say, Daddy. Daddy. Do you know that is the most intimate prayer you'll ever pray? I did this at home in my room and I bawled my eyes out just to save me from looking like a wreck today. Daddy, you are our provider, you are our security, and we trust in you because you're a good dad, you're a good dad, hallelujah. I'm going to go over, um, yeah, I will go over this scripture just, just real quick. So many of us have heard the, the parable of the lost son. How is everyone going, by the way? We're all good? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Tensely listening, so good. Oh, yeah, if you want to. Yeah, go for it. Um, I said, A certain man who had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So divided them. So he divided them uh, his livelihood. So back in this time, just to give it a bit of contents, uh, if, if you went and asked your dad in this time to give you your inheritance, it was like saying, drop dead, I don't care anything about you. Full rejection. If any of you have ever, ever experienced rejection, I think that's probably one of the highest things of rejection. What I love about this story is it's written in red, and it's Jesus revealing the story to us. And he said, a certain man. Now, I believe with all my heart that the certain man is the father. Because what did Jesus come to do? He came to reveal the father. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. And when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in the land. He began to uh, be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country and sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate. I'm sure that would have been very weird in Jewish culture. Those pigs were like no-go zone. 
But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare, and I will perish, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. How many of us know that God, our Father, has many hired servants? Think of all the angels in heaven. So in this story, in this time, this father is a rich man because at that time not many had hired servants. And how many here know that your father in heaven has many angels? And how many know that you have a very rich father? <laughs> Love this. If poverty is holy, we have to pray for God. Let that one sink in for just a second. <laughs> And he arose and came to his father, but when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. The father was always looking for the son. And that, again, in that time, they were like little communities and next to each other. And so he, what he's telling is that the father came out every day and looked across the horizon to look for his son, to wait for him. So every day, know that if you step out and start to walk away, the Father is coming to look for you. He's looking for you, bro. You can be far away, but your Father still sees you. He welcomed me home. You know, when you love someone, like I love my husband, Mark, I always look for him in the room. And I always know where he is. <laughs> Not a stalker. <laughs> I just know. I can just feel him. I'm like, oh, he's over there. Oh, he's over there. Wherever it is. I don't have to look. Creepy. I love in Mark 6, Jesus' heart was moved with compassion as he saw the great multitude and his heart was moved. Because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he wants to come and be with you. Verse 21, And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Notice that he didn't even get to finish the whole speech he prepared. How many of us feel like when we come to God, we have this whole speech <laughs> of how we're going to lay it out, how we're going to make things happen, and God's just like, it's just shh. <laughs> I'm just going to bless you. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry for his, this my son was dead and alive again and he was lost and is found and they began to be merry. I also, God gave me a revelation on this. So in the Old Testament, Moses had to take off his shoes to come and meet with God. But in the New Testament, the New Covenant, what did he do? He said, put on your shoes because you can come and meet with me face to face. Amen. Are we still good? Let's go a little bit longer. <laughs> Bridget. Love it. Now his oldest son was in the field and he came and drew near to the house and he heard music and dancing. Do you know when I heard this bit, that's why you would have heard me start up there. I literally threw my hands up when I found this out and I was like, I knew it. I knew there was music and dancing in his house. 
Because you know what the accuser does, and he tries to come around you. You know, you think sometimes maybe it looks, you know, good up here, but it's hard work sometimes. And the accuser comes to try and tell you things. And he tries to tell you, hey, electric guitar's evil, man. Should not have that in the house of God. <laughs> but in here, it says music and the dancing in his house. Amen. So he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, you, your brother has come and because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. But he was angry and would not go in. Therefore his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, actually before I say that, both brothers couldn't care about the father. They didn't care. Who were they looking out for? Their friends, their life, what they would want to do. They weren't thinking about the father. So he answered and said to his father, These many years I have been serving you. I never transgressed your commandment at any time. Who does that remind you of? The law. He's working for his father's love, right? And yet you never gave me a young goat that I might be merry with my friends. Why are you trying to serve the father when he wants to give you the gifts? So even in that story where he's the oldest son, he's in the house of the father. Many of you here are in the house of the father. But do you know his love? Because in this story, he doesn't know the father's love. He hasn't received that in here yet. Stop trying to earn what the father has freely given to you. Stop trying to achieve heaven. Verse 30. But as soon as the son of yours came, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed, him, you killed the fatted calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all I have is yours. It was right then, Right, uh, it was right that we should make merry and be glad for your brother was dead and is alive again. By the way, neither of them have come and repented yet. <laughs> we haven't, they haven't even repented. <laughs> and the father is trying to pour out his love. <laughs> He's just giving you his love. Amen? That's pretty much me. So heaven is not achieved Heaven is received because the Father came for you. Amen. Hallelujah. So I think as uh, we're going to step into a time of ministry, my beautiful mom is going to come and pray with me and co-minister. Amazing. So good. So I, I feel today, um, if you're wanting to come and just have a deeper touch from the Father, maybe you don't know the Father yet, but you're like, I want to know him. And that's cool. I'd love to pray with you. Alistair would love to pray with you. My mom would love to pray with you. We'll get you connected in, connected into this family. Yeah? Because we're all sons and daughters of the Father. How much closer do you feel when that's the case? When you see your brother and sister struggling or there's something going on and you go, Farah, that's my brother and sister. The father loves them like he loves me. We want to help each other. That's, that's the cool thing about bringing unity and the churches together. 
Because we're brothers and sisters. Amen.